My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, an American ninja warrior in training, and the creator of Optimize Yourself. Throughout my career, I have battled attention issues, anxiety, and I have been burned out more times than I can keep track of. 15 years ago, after battling suicidal depression, I decided that I was tired of barely surviving. I wanted to thrive. Since then, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative and athletic performance, and now I want to shorten your learning curve. Whether you're a creative professional who edits, writes, directs, or composes, you're an entrepreneur, or you're a weekend warrior who loves to push yourself outside your comfort zone to discover your true potential, I strongly believe that you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast, where I provide my written articles in audio form so you have the opportunity to listen instead of read if that is your preference. My hope is that you're going to use this opportunity to get up and step away from your desk so you can build a habit of moving more throughout your workday. Today's reading is for an article that I recently released for Frame.io that is all about building a workflow so you can begin summoning creativity on demand. If your livelihood as a creative professional depends on your ability to stay focused and consistently make good creative decisions, especially if you work long hours, then your ability to focus is quite possibly the most important skill you have to master if you want a long and successful career. Luckily, I have just the training for you. This week only, beginning September 3rd all the way through September 10th, I am offering you free access to my four-part online masterclass, How to Build the Habit of Deep Work. In this 100% free masterclass, you're going to learn how to better manage your creativity and train your focus like a marathon runner instead of a sprinter. I'm going to show you the number one tool to master to skyrocket your creativity and your productivity. And if you're a longtime listener, hint, it's actually not Trello or OmniFocus or any other fancy productivity app on the planet. It's actually a lot simpler than you think. I'm also going to show you how to rearrange your work environment and your daily work habits so you can summon your creativity at the snap of a finger. And I'm also going to show you every tool and strategy that I recommend so you can master the art of time blocking. You can join this masterclass anytime between September 3rd and September 10th by simply visiting optimizeyourself.me slash focus. I look forward to seeing you there. So now, without further ado, after a brief break to recognize the sponsor of this episode, the reading of my Frame.io article all about building your workflow to summon creativity on demand. This episode is made possible for you by, you guessed it, ErgoDriven, the creators of the Topomat, my number one recommended product if you are interested in moving more and not having sore feet at your height adjustable or standing workstation. Almost every new person that I meet in this industry starts our conversation with, hey, I got a Topomat because of you. It changed my life. Thank you. If you are not standing on one today, I cannot recommend it enough. It's super comfortable. It's an awesome conversation starter. And by the way, it's also scientifically proven to help you move more throughout your workday. To learn more and get your topo mat, visit optimizeyourself.me topo. That's T-O-P-O. 
As editors, we are hired for our creative opinions and our ability to consistently make thousands of good micro decisions on a daily basis. While the expectation is that we should be creativity machines who are extensions of our workstations who can produce like artists on a day-to-day -day basis, we're treated like accountants. We are interrupted constantly all day long by phone calls, meetings, emails, text messages, Slack notifications, and knocks on the door so producers can see how things are going. Now, here is the brutal reality of how we work today. On average, we touch our phones 2,617 times per day. In power users, they average over 5,400 touches per day. We spend 28% of our work week just managing email, and we send and receive 620 emails every week. And we spend over 54% of our workday in some form of electronic communication. With all of these distractions and interruptions, how on earth are we supposed to get any real work done? There is no doubt that constantly putting out fires, being hyper-responsive to incoming emails and texts, and bouncing back and forth from room to room is going to make you appear busy, but wouldn't you rather choose to be productive instead? I personally would choose creating valuable and meaningful content any day over regularly achieving inbox zero. And now you have a similar choice. Option number one, take the blue pill and skim this article for the next few minutes simply to distract yourself from the more important creative work that you really should be doing right now and your empty timeline. And then you can move this article to the 57th browser tab that you've opened in Chrome today because you definitely want to read all about how to be more productive and creative someday. Or option number two, you can take the red pill and make the deliberate choice to put your phone in airplane mode, or better yet, in a drawer and out of sight, close all unnecessary browser windows and tabs, hide or quit all currently unused applications, silence any remaining notifications, and say no to anything that makes you busy. And you can learn about a completely different way of approaching your work that will allow you to access deeper levels of creativity, level up the quality of your cuts, and get more done in less time so you can actually go home at a decent time for the first day in months. Oh, you want to take the red pill? Okay, let's see how deep the rabbit hole goes. Why building the habit of deep work is important. If you're not familiar with the concept of deep work as coined by best-selling author Cal Newport, he defines deep work as professional activities that are performed in a state of distraction-free concentration that push your cognitive capabilities to their limits. These efforts create new value, improve your skills, and they're hard to replicate. Whether we like it and we accept it or not, every single one of us is replaceable. We didn't choose the gig economy, but we have to survive in it. And if our entire livelihoods depend on our abilities to generate creative ideas at the snap of a finger, solve complex problems, sift through a ridiculous amount of raw footage and produce amazing creative work, all on deadline, by the way, do you think that the most effective use of your time is spent answering emails or responding to Facebook comments or even listening to this article right now? Well, that's where deep work comes in. Rather than juggling all of the various urgent needs of others and desperately multitasking your way to the end of the day, deep work is not just another app or even a productivity method. It is a philosophy of how to better spend your time, energy, and attention so you can focus on the most important creative work that you must get done without burning yourself out and losing your mind. Here's the first piece of good news. 
It doesn't matter how distracted you are right now, even if you're thinking, but you don't get it, I am so ADD. Focus is not a character trait. It is a skill that anyone can master. Now, here's the second piece of good news. With as distracted as everyone is today, and seriously, humans now have an attention span shorter than goldfish, you don't have to become a productivity Zen master. You just have to become more focused than Bob down the hall. If you want to be the first choice for the next director or producer that's looking to hire a collaborative, creative editor like you who can manage their time and hit their deadlines. Your cognitive fitness training plan. Now that you understand what deep work is and why it's an important philosophy to adopt, I'm going to show you how to build this practice so it becomes a regular habit. Because focus is a skill that can be practiced, we're going to approach this no different than let's say you just decided to run your first marathon. Below, I have provided six simple steps to build your own cognitive fitness training plan and develop your own deep work practice using the Go Far framework. Step one is to determine your cognitive fitness baseline. If you just signed up for a marathon and you knew that you had to run 26.2 miles in the near future, well, your first step would be seeing how far you can run comfortably right now, even if it's just around the block. Doing so gives you a place to start. While the term cognitive fitness might sound complicated, it's pretty simple, and it only requires you to become aware of and measure one thing. How long can you work undistracted on a single creative task, editing a scene, for example, without seeking any distractions? I realize you might belong to the category of people who think that they can work for hours interrupted, so much so that you forget to take breaks, drink water, eat, or even go to the bathroom. And on a side note, please stop doing that. But are you truly working undistracted in a state of deep work? Or are you periodically checking emails, texts, slacks, etc., etc., every few minutes? Yes, it might seem innocent to just check every so often during your endless stretches of creativity, but in reality, you are only in the zone and accessing your true creative potential if you are focused on a single creative task for a minimum of 23 to 25 minutes in a single uninterrupted stretch. Anything less than around 25 minutes and your brain is still bouncing around thinking about random tasks and requests. 25 minutes is the magic number where your brain first reaches the ideal alpha brainwave state where your creativity thrives. Most likely, after testing your current level of cognitive fitness, it's pretty bad. Like, less than 10 minutes bad. And that's okay, you have to start somewhere. Marathon runners are not built in a day, and neither will your focus be. Now that you have your current level of cognitive fitness, let's move on to step two, setting your hourly or daily goal for deep work. Just because you can only run around the block today, it doesn't mean that you can't run a marathon if you consistently train properly and build a plan that's realistic. But if your goal is running the marathon in a month, you've just set an unrealistic goal that's going to set you up for failure and a world of pain. Your ability to harness creative focus is no different. If your cognitive fitness baseline is 10 minutes, don't set a goal of wanting to work for 90 minutes without distractions by Friday. Not gonna happen. The idea here is progression, not perfection. Take your current baseline and incrementally add five minutes to your focused time block once you find it simple enough to work for that duration of time. For example, once you find it easy to work for 10 minutes straight, then make it 15 minutes until that becomes easy and so on. 
Here are some key numbers to shoot for. These are your 26.2 miles benchmarks, so to speak. The formula for perfect creativity, productivity, and working efficiently over time, without burning out by the way, is 52 minutes of focus time and 17 minute breaks. Yes, this is according to one single study, so take it with a grain of salt. Remember, progression, not perfection. I personally shoot for time blocks of around 55 to 60 minutes with breaks of 15 minutes in between. If you're a beginner, 25 to 30 minutes is a great goal to shoot for. Ideally, you should set a goal of no more than four hours of deep work per day and never exceed six. Any more is gonna overload the brain's capacity to be creative and you're gonna burn out. No doubt that you've probably had days where you were in fact in a deep state of creative flow for more than six hours. It can be done, but how did that work out for you the next day or for the next week? Exactly. Remember, we are training for a marathon and you're not gonna sprint for 26.2 miles and reach the finish line. Step number three is to identify your obstacles. If you were training for a marathon, this is the point where you'd have to acknowledge that today, you're probably a bit overweight, you have weak knees, chronic lower back issues, and your cardio could use a lot of work. When it comes to focus, well, it seems simple in theory, but it's far from easy. Sure, it would be a dream to work in four to six uninterrupted blocks of time per day for 52 minutes each with 17 minute breaks in between, but there are a million reasons this isn't going to happen consistently for you right now. Rather than simply throwing up your hands and saying, oh, this is too complicated or focus is too hard for me, if you find yourself struggling to build this practice, instead, take inventory of the obstacles standing in your way. Here are the five most common obstacles that I help my clients manage when they're working to build their own deep work practice. Checking your phone too often, and yes, even if it's in do not disturb or airplane mode. Having your laptop open next to your main workstation too many browser tabs, and easy access to the internet. The urge to check breaking news and the fear of missing out, FOMO, and current events. Interruptions from colleagues. Compile your own list of obstacles stopping you from building the habit of deep work. And then for each one, use the if-then framework to identify potential solutions. For example, if having my laptop open next to my main workstation is a distraction, then, Whenever I work in a focused time block, I will close it and put it on the shelf across the room for me. Once you've identified all of the potential obstacles standing between you and your goal of being more focused, you are ready for step four, priming your brain to focus on demand. If you were training for your marathon, this is the point in the process where you'd walk out the door and start running, right? Not so fast. First, you'd want to make sure that you had the right gear, you picked the right time of day, you knew your route for the specific workout, and most importantly, that you were properly warmed up. Before you dive right into your time block to focus on a single creative task, there is some prep work to be done. And don't worry, you don't need a reflective jumpsuit and $200 New Balance sneakers to do deep work. Simply ask yourself the following questions. Have I eliminated all potential distractions? Have I designed the optimal soundscape around me? Have I set myself up properly for my next creative task? And most importantly, is my brain primed and ready to be creative? The distractions we've already discussed, your phone, email, social media, open browser tabs, etc. those are the most obvious. But what about the soundscape around you? Does sound bleed through your wall? Is your door open and can you hear chatter outside? Or even worse, do you work in a shared space? 
If so, I highly recommend using noise-canceling headphones to minimize outside oral distractions. Now that all the distractions and sounds are out of your way, I strongly suggest using what I call the back-to-one technique to set up your workspace in advance of your focus time block. If you have to spend the next hour editing a complex scene that you know is going to be a challenge, which option do you think is going to be easier? First, stepping up to your computer, opening up your first clip, and editing it right into the timeline without a single distraction— or stepping up to your computer, closing seven different browser tabs first, closing your email window, putting your phone in do not disturb mode. Squirrel! Yeah, that's what I thought. In order to avoid this scenario, set up your workstation and your desktop workspace before you take your break. Close everything unrelated to your next task and set up the proper windows so all you have to do is step up and cut. To take this to the next level, do the first couple of edits before your break. That way you've already begun the next train of thought and you can mull over your next move during your break, which is a process known as productive meditation. The most important step if you want to optimize any deep work session is priming your brain for creativity. Here's an example of how to prime your brain. 15 minutes before writing this article, I threw in a load of laundry, put away the dishes, and then I did just enough physical activity to break a sweat. Given that mere minutes before, I was staring at an empty page, just like you might be reading this article to avoid your empty timeline, this may have looked a lot like procrastination to the untrained eye, but I promise it was anything but. Every single menial activity was carefully planned on my calendar as what I call a priming break. If you want to summon creativity on demand, the secret is to allow yourself to be bored, a lost art in today's 24-7, always connected society. By allowing myself to be bored, I activated the default network in my brain, which turns most of my regular thoughts on autopilot and it puts me in incubation mode. That is, my brain is continuously bouncing random ideas around so they can get to know each other a little bit better until they decide to form new and better ideas, a process otherwise known as creativity. Here are five simple examples of priming activities. Taking a quick walk without being on the phone or listening to anything. A quick burst of activity for 60 to 90 seconds. Jumping jacks, push-ups, burpees, whatever. Doing menial repetitive tasks, folding laundry, washing dishes, etc. Staring at the wall or out a window or a quick meditation session. With your brain warmed up, primed, and ready to go deep, and with your environment optimized for creativity, you are now ready to tackle step five, taking the right action during your time block. Finally, you are fully warmed up and it is time to start running. As I've mentioned multiple times throughout this article, the most effective way to build the habit of deep work on a regular basis is to work in time blocks, also known as the Pomodoro Method. I talk extensively about the process of building a time block in my article all about time blocking, which you can find at optimizeyourself.me slash time blocks. But here's a super quick primer on setting up your next time block and taking action. Make sure you have a clear intention for your next block of time. Editing, for example, is not clear. Edit version one of scene 35, that's clear. Then you need to budget the right amount of time for the task. If edit scene 35 is going to take four hours, you're probably going to need more than one block. Budget your time during each block accordingly so you don't get trapped in analysis paralysis and dink around with a temp phone graphic for the first three hours when you should probably be cutting story instead. 
Then choose the best time of day on your calendar for the task at hand. Don't procrastinate and force yourself to cut a complicated montage right after a big lunch. Be strategic with not only your time, but also your energy. Then make sure that you have installed a timer to remind you when to take your break. My favorite app for this is Break Time. It's the best five bucks you're ever gonna spend. Finally, establish a reward in advance. This is the carrot to your proverbial stick. When you're done with your time block, check Facebook or Instagram, take a bathroom break, talk to colleagues for a few minutes. Reminder, you are human. Now that you've completed your first of hopefully many time blocks, it's time for step number six, prioritize time to review your workflow. Just because you're training for a marathon and you totally botched your first three-mile session, that doesn't mean your goal of running a marathon was a failure. You simply need to assess what worked and what didn't and iterate until you find the sweet spot. Remember, progression, not the perfection. After experimenting with your first few time blocks, prioritize the time to think about what worked and what didn't. Were you too easily distracted? Well, maybe you need to think about the deeper reasons why you seek out those distractions. Did too many people knock on your door? Well, maybe it's time to come up with a signal to alert your coworkers that you are in do not disturb mode. Were you exhausted and couldn't focus even though you had no outside distractions? Well, maybe your time block was too long. Or conversely, maybe you need to reassess some lifestyle choices. For example, not sleeping enough, poor dietary choices, etc. Take your creativity to the next level. You are not going to run a marathon in a few weeks if you can barely walk around the block. And you are not going to become a focus machine overnight if working for 15 minutes undistracted is a challenge today. This process will take time. While I can't guarantee this process will be easy, what I can guarantee is that learning to reduce the amount of distractions during your workday and building the habit of deep work will exponentially increase your value as a creative professional, it will reduce your level of anxiety, and it will help you enjoy your day more. And it can even increase your overall level of fulfillment with your work. After all, being creative and making cool stuff is why you got into this industry in the first place, isn't it? I hope you enjoyed the reading of this article all about building your workflow to summon creativity on demand. If this article inspired you to take action, don't forget I have over an hour of free training available for you in my brand new four-part masterclass, How to Build the Habit of Deep Work. It's available for only one week from September 3rd through September 10th. To join, simply visit optimizeyourself.me focus. Thank you for listening. Be well. This episode was made possible for you by, you guessed it, ErgoDriven, the creators of the Topomat, my number one recommended product if you are interested in moving more and not having sore feet at your height adjustable or standing workstation. Almost every new person that I meet in this industry starts our conversation with, hey, I got a Topomat because of you. It's changed my life. Thank you. Listen, standing desks are only great if you're actually standing well. Otherwise, you are just fighting fatigue and chronic pain. Not like any other anti-fatigue mat, the Topo is scientifically proven to help you move more throughout your day, which helps reduce discomfort and also increases your focus and your productivity. I'm literally standing on one as I read this, and I don't go to a single job without it. And if you're smaller and concerned the topo mat might be too big, or you simply don't have the floor space, well, there's a topo mini for that. 
To learn more, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O.